Welcome to WBC Radio, your no bullshit resource to help you build the brand, business, and life of your wildest dreams. I'm Lo, your host and the founder and creative director of Wild Branding Co. And here at WBC, we break things down into two categories, self-mastery and skill mastery, which means you can expect topics ranging from womb work to shadow work to energy healing, right alongside branding, marketing, digital design, sales, everything that you need to be successful in the new paradigm and all with the same main intent to support you in co-creating and manifesting everything you've ever wanted. Thank you so much for being here. This is going to be epic. Let's get started. Hello, hello, love, and welcome back to module two of the Build Your Brand Bootcamp. I'm Lo, and I'm so excited to be back here with you for the second module. Uh, So module one, we talked all about building or laying the foundation for your authentic as fuck brand. If you have not done module one, it is absolutely a prerequisite for everything else that we're going to do together this week. So go back, watch it, listen to it, whichever one you prefer. Make sure that you complete the entire workbook. There's a nine page workbook that goes along with it. Do all of the soul work, do all of the introspection, do all of the things in order to lay that foundation. Okay. And now also don't forget, uh, there is a giveaway that's going on. If you're catching this bootcamp live, if you're watching it in the future, then sorry, the giveaway is already over. (laughs) But if you're here with me live, then make sure that you are sharing to your social media feeds, uh, and then also leaving reviews on the podcast specifically. I will only be uh, looking for reviews on the podcast to determine um, giveaway entries, all right? So make sure you're leaving reviews on the podcast. This is a brand new podcast, and getting reviews not only helps bump me up within the context of the podcast algorithm, but it also lets me know what you like so far, right? This is brand new, and I want to build it and tailor it to you and to what is beneficial and what is helpful for you. So uh, while I appreciate, you know, the, the comments of like, oh, this is great. I also deeply appreciate and take into consideration, serious consideration, your thoughtful feedback. So feel free. Uh, if you if you enjoyed this, if you found value in this, if you learned from this, if it challenged you, made you think a little bit differently, then please share it. Please leave a review. Um, You know, whether the giveaway is still active or not, I always, always, always appreciate this so much. And, you know, I've shared with you guys, I have a big vision for Wild Branding Co. And I'm not naive enough to think that I can do it alone. And I'm also humble enough to ask for help. Uh, So if you found this valuable, then please consider sharing it. I would really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. I think we're good to go and good to dive into today's content. Uh, Like I said yesterday, or module one was all about laying the foundations for an authentic as fuck brand. Now let's set some parameters around how to actually execute on that. I'm a master at blending the woo and the work, the strategy and the energy, uh, the practical and the magical. So yesterday we really talked about the energetics, uh, the the more kind of woo or the, the internal aspects that really are the substance of a brand. And now we're going to shift gears and look more at some tangible aspects of branding, specifically in terms of two things, your vibe and your alter ego. And yes, alter is meant to be spelled A-L-T-A-R. And I will explain why in just a little bit. 
So uh, if you haven't already, definitely click the link either in the show notes or the video notes and download the workbook that goes along with this module. It's also pretty lengthy. I think this one's also nine pages. Uh, and there's a section about your vibe check and there's a section about your alter ego. So you're going to want to download that, get access to it, print it out. Um, this one also uh, under the vibe check section, there's actually an editable template that I want you to go into Canva and actually work with. <laughs> I want you to actually go in and manipulate it. It's, it's, um, I think it's page four or five of the workbook, uh, but it's a brand board template. This is the exact template that I utilize with my private clients to help build out their brand boards. And um, it's just a great way to consolidate everything that we're going to identify today. All right. So make sure you're clicking on all of the links, downloading all the things. And when you go to actually create your brand board, make a copy. So you have a link, you'll find a link. Uh, this is both in the confirmation page after you access the workbook, and it will also be in your confirmation email. There will be a link for you to access and download the workbook. And then there will be a link to the digital copy of the workbook, the Canva copy. And what you're going to do is create a copy of that before you start to edit that. Okay. So please, please, please make a copy of the Canva template before you begin to edit it. That way I still have the original copy and everyone gets their own copy, right? So just make sure you do that. There's lots of reminders <laughs> throughout all of the places. I tried to remind you as many times as I possibly could uh, to make sure that you're making a copy of that template before you edit it. But just to reiterate that sentiment, make a copy, make a fucking copy. Okay. All right, so let's dive in. Now, there are a few things to consider when you're conducting your brand's vibe check, but the most important thing is this. How do you want people to feel when they encounter your brand? What emotions do you want to evoke? What sentiments do you want to convey and communicate? And what is the number one greatest emotional contribution that your brand is making to the collective? I cannot emphasize this enough that people are not buying what you say. People aren't even necessarily buying what you're selling. They're buying what you're standing for. They're buying what you represent. They're buying what your product or service how that thing makes them feel, how that thing makes them part of something bigger. So I want you to stop thinking in terms of, you know, the kind of the quantifiable uh, or the qualifiable, the quantifiable, excuse me, uh, aspects of your brand. Like, oh, my brand does this, 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 and this. While these are definitely things that we should consider, right? Like the actual transformation, the actual, what I call features of the brand or the offering or the product, we need to then go further than that, right? And we consider things like worldviews. And we'll talk about this in, uh, I think it's module four, when we talk about identifying your soulmate client, it's less about the tactical, practical elements of the brand or the offering or the product and more about the worldview that it taps into, more about the story that it's telling and inviting people to participate in. And all of that taps into human emotion. So when we're talking about vibe check, like I, this is part of the reason why I love branding so much because it is so dynamic, right? And so many people have such a one-dimensional understanding of what branding is. They think it's just colors and, you know, logos and icons and, you know, just the visual, visual aspects of it. 
and it is, it is those things. It's also so much more, but each of those things is specifically chosen and tailored to support, reinforce, and reiterate a core message, a core story that taps into human emotion. Okay, so you're not like today is probably the most fun day out of this boot camp because we're going to be identifying some of these really fun aspects, right? The colors, the icons, the type. You're going to be tapping into your alter ego, all of these things. So this is a really, really fun day. But understand that all of these things mean absolutely fucking nothing if they're not rooted in something real, which is why we started with your authentic truth yesterday. Consistently keep coming back to that, right? Your brand should be rooted in your authentic truth and it should tell a story worth telling, which is what we're going to come to in module three. Okay. So when we're talking about these things, right, we, we've rooted ourselves in our authentic truth at this point. Now we're going to turn this into something that is actually tangible, right? That we can actually share with the world. And the, the first place that we start is asking ourselves, how do I want to make people feel? How do I want people to feel when they encounter my work, when they encounter my, my visuals, when they, when they encounter any aspect of your brand, how do you want people to feel? Some of like one of the most iconic brands of our generation is Nike. And whether you love them, whether you hate them, whatever, it is undeniable the emotional impact that they have created on the collective, right? Nike makes everyone an athlete. Nike, when you put on a pair of Nikes, when you see a Nike commercial or an ad or something like that, it creates this sense of like, fuck, I can do it, <laughs> right? Like I can fucking do it. I go buy me some Nikes and I can do whatever the fuck I want to do right? Like it creates this sense of empowerment and this belief, right? So ultimately, yeah, Nike sells shoes and so does New Balance and so does Puma and so do all of these other brands. But what is the story that Nike is communicating? And they communicate it so consistently across all platforms and they've done it for decades, right? And it's undeniable. Again, the impact, the emotional impact that that brand has had on our collective consciousness, on our collective psyche, right? And again, it's irrelevant whether you love them, hate them, whatever, you're not consumer or commercial, you're whatever the fuck. We can all, I think, appreciate the story that Nike is selling and telling and how effectively they're doing that, right? And it all comes down to this human emotion that they desire to evoke within buyers, consumers, whatever. Right. So this is where we start when we say vibe check. What emotional response do you want to create within the, the physical body and the emotional psyche of the people who encounter your brand, of the people who are meant to receive and consume your brand? How do you want to make them feel? Do you want to make them feel welcome? Do you want to make them feel loved? Do you want to make them feel seen? Do you want to make them feel empowered? Do you want to make them feel like they can go out and conquer the fucking world? How do you want them to feel? This is where we start. All right, so there's a prompt in your workbook for you to sit down and really brainstorm this, okay? Take the time and really go there, right? And if you're stumped, if you're confused, if you're not really sure, then I would encourage you to do something that I encouraged you to do yesterday and think back to the you of two, three, four, five, six years ago, where you were in that season of your life and how, like, how did that version of you desire to feel or what? What emotional implication would that version of you had benefited the most from, 
Would she have benefited from feeling safe? Would she have benefited from feeling heard? Would she have benefited from feeling seen, from feeling empowered, from feeling, you know, whatever? So if you're feeling a little stumped there, maybe go to that version of you, right? Because ultimately that's who we're creating for, right? Is this version of you from several years ago, because that's the person that you are most equipped to serve. That's the story, the, the, the process that you're most equipped to guide someone down because you've already lived it. So why not start there when you're trying to decide how you want to make someone feel, how, how did that version of you need to feel? What did she need to be told? What did she need to receive to know that she could continue on her path. Does that make sense? So start here, and then we're gonna use this answer to inform all of your subsequent decisions regarding your visual brand strategy. Okay, and we're gonna cover three elements of your visual brand strategy today. We're gonna cover colors, icons, and fonts, okay? So after you have completed your vibe check, Okay, do that first. And before, I, this is not going to be in your workbook. So this is just a little bonus. Uh, specifically for anyone who is already uh, actively building a brand, right? So if if you're brand new, you have, I mean, I guess if you're brand new, you could do this also. But this is an exercise that I like to have clients do. Um, take whatever your, your desired vibe check is, however you desire to make people feel through your brand. And so you have that, right? You have that defined. Now create a simple Google form, leave it anonymous so people do not have to put in their names and ask a handful of people who you know consistently consume your content to fill it out. And on that form, all you're gonna ask is what five, three to five adjectives would you use to describe me and my brand? That's it. That's all you need to know. And gather that information, gather that data, and then compare it to how you desire to be perceived. This is such a powerful exercise for understanding if your message is landing, for to, to understand if like that vibration, that frequency that you desire to emanate throughout the entire collective is actually making it out there, right? So again, just create a simple Google form, leave it anonymous, one question, what are three to five adjectives that you would use to describe me, my brand, my content right now? And then use that as a comparison, compare it to, to what you desire. And if you're on track, then awesome. If you're not, then that's an opportunity to course correct and figure out, okay, what what's missing here? Okay. All right. So once we have that piece taken care of, now we're going to move on to building out your actual brand board, which again, this is so much fun, you guys, at least it is for me. I love doing this for clients. I love walking people through doing this because it's just an opportunity to be creative, right? So when you pull up your brand board, you're going to see at the very top, there's a section for your uh, main logo or main icon. There's a section for your sub logo or your sub icon. There's a section for your color palette. There's a section for your typography choices. And there's a section for a mood board, which is going to invite you to add in a handful of images that really kind of capture the essence of the brand. Okay, so we're going to start kind of in the middle of your board with your colors because colors are are, are easy. Right? You're, you're just like picking colors, right? So I want to make a note before we get started on color psychology. Several years ago when I taught this aspect of branding, I utilized color psychology until I had this kind of realization uh, that colors are subjective, right? Uh, color connotation, just like most things is highly contextual and subjective depending on the other aspects that it's associated with, right? 
Like for example, the color red within the context of Valentine's Day is, you know, it means love, it means passion, it means unity, it means, you know, romance, all of these things. But red within the context of a new horror movie <laughs> means like you're running for your fucking life, right? So two very different connotations, the same exact color, all dependent on the context in which the color is used, right? So consider color psychology, but don't be confined by it, right? Because again, this, this it's, it's connotative, it's contextual. So consider the whole of the brand and which colors are going to most accurately convey the entire message, okay? And instead of color psychology, I kind of navigate more towards using color vibrations now, each color within the color spectrum, speaking specifically, well, I mean, it's both uh, secondary and primary colors, uh, but they all have a different frequency, a different wavelength, right? So I'm going to share these with you. Um, you do not have access to these in your workbook, so you might want to jot these down just so you have them, uh, so you have an awareness of them. But the color red is the lowest and slowest vibrational frequency and low or slow, high or fast. These aren't necessarily good or bad. It's just an assessment of the vibration, okay? So red is lower or is the lowest and the slowest vibrational frequency. And it's also often associated with power, passion, confidence, rage, things like that, right? Orange is lower and slower, but not quite the lowest or the slowest, right? And you'll also notice that these, if you're familiar with the chakra system, we're working our way up, starting at the root all the way up. All right, so orange is lower and slower, uh, often associated with creativity, confidence, excitement, happiness, sensuality, things like that. Yellow is low and slow, so a little bit faster, right? <laughs> uh, vibrational frequency, often associated with joy, optimism, friendliness, and energy. Green is mid-vibrational, right? And this is associated with the heart chakra, often associated with freshness, nature, fertility, abundance, and peace. Blue is high and fast vibrational frequency, often associated with stability, tranquility, and reliability. Indigo is higher and faster uh, vibrational frequency, often associated with faith, awareness, intuition, and idealism. Violet is the highest and fastest vibrational frequency, often associated with wisdom, royalty, spirituality, and bravery. And then we have white and black. White has a non-specific wavelength, so it's not fast, it's not slow, it's non-specific, right? It encompasses all light. It's often associated with clearing um, and uh, purity, cleanliness, simplicity, and neutrality. And then black is also non-specific, and it is an absence of light, and it's absorbing, often associated with power, sophistication, mystery, and strength, right? And then there are countless other colors, right? Like we have, you know, the nuances between each of these, right? And then we have neutral palettes. And so th there's so much, like color... Choosing your colors is so vast, right? Because there's so many to choose from. So uh, in your workbook, you're going to notice that I'm going to prompt you to share what you were intuitively drawn to in terms of your brand colors. And I want you to start there because I think there's value in your intuition and where you're being guided. So allow your intuition to guide you and then cross-reference your intuitive hit with some of this more uh, concrete information, right? This is how we're blending the practical and the magical, the magical being your intuition, the practical being, okay, what do these colors actually do to the physical body, right? And 
So these are just some things that I like to invite uh, my clients in to consider when they're choosing their colors, right? And often I also like to suggest choosing colors that uh, kind of harmonize well with one another. Um, so maybe instead of choosing individual colors, you choose a range of colors, like you choose all warm colors or all cool colors or all neutral colors or all nude colors, right? Or a gray scale, right? And that way you're kind of playing with all of the different hues and, you know, different uh, color consistencies within this one spectrum. So you're not nailed down or married necessarily to one specific color, right? I also want to invite you to understand that nothing that you choose here is set in stone. Uh, if you've been following me for any length of time, then you know my brand has had lots and lots of different iterations. It has evolved so much over the years. And, um, you know, some may think that that's, uh, you know, to my detriment. And in some ways I think it has been, but more than anything, my brand has always just been a reflection of what was true and alive for me in each given season. And that's what you see in each different iteration. If you're cur curious to seeing what this looks like, go to my original Instagram account at the wild well woman. Uh, and you'll see, just, just scroll. <laughs> you'll see sometimes I was using, you know, bright pink. Sometimes I was using pale pink. Sometimes I was using this like burnt orange. Then I went to green. And at one point it was like all blacks and golds. And, you know, it, it's just, I've been all over the place and it's just, you know, honestly been a reflection of, again, what was true and alive for me in each given season of my business and each given iteration of my brand. So don't feel confined to the decisions that you make today. Understand that your brand is going to evolve, but you have to choose something today to start the ball rolling, right? To get things going and then just be open to whatever creativity, you know, finds you as your brand grows and evolves. Okay. All right, so that's color. And on your brand board template, you're going to see, I think there are five different spaces. Um, typically, I like to choose uh, like a, 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 some shade of white, whether it's like stark white or an off-white or an eggshell or something like that. And then some uh, version of black, whether it's like, again, like jet black or uh, more of like a dark gray. I like to have both of those in there because they are inevitably going to be somewhere in your brand, even if it's just in like your font on like your sales page or your, your social media graphics or whatever. So I like to have both of those in there. And then I give myself full creative freedom with the other three. And I just kind of play around with it. So that's how I do it. You don't have to do it the way I do it. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, that's why you have a template that you can play with. But um, that's kind of the strategy that I normally go to uh, for my own branding and then also for uh, client branding. Now, if you know you have absolutely no desire to include any shade of black, then don't do that, right? And, and just kind of pick and choose what resonates most with you. Okay, now we're going to shift into icons. And I used to call icons um, logos and symbols, but I'm gravitating more and more towards this term of icon because I want you to think about the term and the connotation and the denotation of the word iconic, right? They're memorable, right? They stand out. They, they are timeless, right? They, they really, really surpass any, any and all time and space, right? The, so when you create something that's iconic, it's just, it's meant to last. It's made to last, right? And if you're truly building a legacy brand, then you're going to want to choose symbols and icons that represent the legacy. 
right? And three of the uh, three that just came to mind as I was writing up these notes, again, regardless of whether you like these brands, you hate these brands, whatever, there's no denying that they are iconic for our generation. One, Nike swoosh, right? I've already mentioned Nike. They are iconic. Golden arches, you already know what I'm talking about. Iconic. I haven't eaten there in like a decade, but like we all know what the golden arches are, right? McDonald's, bullseye, the bullseye, maybe you don't know it by that name. Maybe you actually know it by the name Target, right? But it's a bullseye, iconic. Everybody knows when you see the golden arches, you know McDonald's, you instantly think McDonald's. When you see the Nike swoosh, like that's not, even though it looks like a check mark, it's not a check mark, that's a Nike swoosh, <laughs> right? When you see the Target bullseye, instantly target even even originally the bullseye was red now it's transitioned to white uh, even still you see the bullseye you think target these brands are iconic and they have these icons that represent them right these things are recognizable outside of the brands that they represent right so you can see a bullseye and have no reference to target there's like no mention of target no other branding outside of just a bullseye and you can immediately associate, a lot of us can immediately associate that's that's with Target. You can see a golden letter M and immediately think McDonald's. You can see a swoosh and immediately think Nike, right? So these brands are iconic and they've chosen icons or symbols that are representative of them, right? And again, they're recognizable outside of their brands at this point because these brands have built themselves up to be such icons. Right. So some recommendations when you're choosing your logos or icons, keep them simple and keep them clean. OK, I often I've worked with clients in the past who want to get really, really detailed and intricate with their logo design. And while that can be really fun and, you know, there's a lot of creative freedom there, uh, these the more intricate uh, designs I find don't necessarily translate as well into other mediums. Right. Excuse me. So clean and simple designs uh, transfer easiest into various mediums, whether we're talking about, you know, something for print or something for digital or, you know, whatever different area. Maybe you want to include the icon on a YouTube video, uh, whatever. The more simple, the easier it's going to be to transfer and translate into various different forms of mediums. So just keep that in mind. Uh, they're also the most memorable uh, at least that's what I found. The ones that are the simplest, the cleanest are the ones that stand out the most to me when there's a lot of kind of noise and unnecessary detail, the, the message can kind of get muddled there. Uh, so just, just some things to think about. Um, let's see what other notes did I have here? Oh, choose something that accurately represents your brand story and don't be afraid to be a little abstract, right? Abstract and incredibly detailed are two different things though. Right now, one of my favorite brands uh, is First Form, um, and their newest logo is really cool. It's really abstract. Uh, and, you know, if you don't know First Form, it can almost be difficult to know that, <laughs> know what the actual logo is for, but it's just, it's a really cool representation of the brand itself, and it is a little abstract. So don't be afraid to be a little abstract. Also, don't be afraid to be blatantly, you know, overt with what it is. Uh, this is your brand, so 
I would recommend tailoring it kind of to your brand's personality, right? And, you know, if your brand tends to be very bold and very blunt, then maybe you choose an icon that is bold and blunt. If your brand tends to be a little more playful, then choose a brand, uh, choose an icon that's more playful. Um, also, these are things to consider. Keep in mind your brand personality, something to keep in mind when you're uh, choosing your colors, right? Again, if you tend to be bold, if your brand personality is bold, then choose colors that reflect that. If your brand personality is fun and quirky, and playful, then choose colors that represent that, right? So what we're doing with each of these different elements is effectively building out your brand personality, right? Which your brand personality, the best way to teach that is to just, if your brand was a person, what would it be like, right? Would it be quirky? Would it be fun? Would it be blatant? Would it be, you know, overt? Would it be provocative? Would it be like, what would it be? And then choose these elements in, accord, in accordance to that particular personality. Right. So that's kind of, I'm going to leave you with that for your icon creation or your logo creation. And again, you'll see on um, your template that there's a space for your main icon and then your sub icon. So your main icon for me, what I typically consider here is um, the main icon includes the entire name of the brand, assuming it's not like insanely long. But right now, like the current logo for Wild Branding Co. is the word wild with an inverted triangle as the Y. That would be my main icon. And then my sub icon is just the inverted triangle. And then I also have another icon that's two inverted triangles kind of side by side that also creates a W. So um, just two, you know, kind of little symbols or little sub icons that are associated with the brand that can then also be used in subsequent uh, mediums and materials and things like that. So if you create an Instagram post and you don't want your whole main logo on there, but you still want a representation of your brand, then you can include your sub icon or your sub logo. Okay. Uh, I also like to use these on like worksheets and things like that. If I don't want the entire uh, main logo, then I'll just add uh, the sub logo or the sub icon, maybe at the bottom center or the bottom left or the bottom right or something like that. Um, so that's kind of the function of a main logo versus a sub logo. Uh, the sub logo basically goes wherever you don't want the main logo or wherever it's not appropriate to include the main logo. Okay. But they should still both be uh, related. And there should still, like, you should be able to look at one and understand why the other one exists and vice versa. And by the way, I also do this. So we're doing all of this work specifically for your brand, but I also do this same exact process for each of my offerings. Okay. Like I literally, I create a brand board for each individual offering, both for myself and for my clients, because while you know, each offering is an extension or a representation or a piece of the brand and the overall brand story, it's still its own little thing, right? So I, I tend to see like the, what we're creating here together as like the big overarching umbrella brand of whatever it is you create. And then each of your offerings kind of falls beneath that and deserves its own attention, right? So I'll create a logo like a, or an icon, a main icon or a main logo for each individual offering. And you, you may have noticed this and, you know, my launching and my offerings, but I create one main logo or one main icon. And I always have at least one sub logo or sub icon. Um, typically my fonts stay the same universally. Uh, the color palettes stay pretty much the same. And then uh, the mood board changes up depending on the mood and uh, kind of the vibe and the energy behind each individual offering. 
But either way, I make sure to give attention to each offering, right? As opposed to just lumping it all in with the main brand. So just something to keep in mind as you move forward and your brand grows and, and expands. All right, the last piece that we're going to talk about in terms of your vibe check are your fonts, okay? So my recommendation for this, and you're going to see it on uh, your brand board template, is to choose three. Choose one for your header, one for your subheader, and one for your body. Additionally, I would recommend making one decorative, specifically the header. And when I say decorative, make it decorative, but keep it clean, right? Like keep it clean, make sure it's easily easy, easy to read, make sure it also easily transfers into other mediums, right? So we don't want anything that's like super crazy curly cue all over the fucking place that it's going to be really, really hard to read, you know, on a business card or, you know, in a PDF or, or something like that, or any, any kind of smaller pieces of media. So keep that in mind. You want to make sure that it's fun and it's decorative and it's unique and things like that. And it's versatile and it's, it's actually, uh, you know, like, like you can actually fucking use it. It's functional, right? Cause there are some wild fonts out there y'all. So I would recommend choosing one decorative and then the other two make them more simplistic, uh, choosing the difference between serif or sans serif. Uh, typically speaking, there are four different font categories. One is decorative. One is script. The script is the one that I kind of if I use a script, then it's a sub font uh, most of the time. Sometimes I will use it as uh, like a header font or something like that. But you have your decorative fonts, your script fonts, and then you have your serif and your sans serif. Your serif is like Times New Roman, right? The things with the little, like they have these little like pieces off of the edges of each letter. And then the sans serif doesn't have that. So this is like your Montserrat, your Arial, right? So things that are more round and clean and uh, more corporate feeling, more modern. Uh, Times New Roman and serif fonts feel more traditional. And uh, the sans serif feels more modern for me personally. So I always like to do some kind of decorative font. Uh, and my main font is called Alta. You can actually find it in Canva, I think. I think it, I don't know. I'm, that might be one that I, that I purchased. I don't know. Don't hold me to that, but it's called Alta and uh, it's technically a decorative font, um, but it's like a fancy sans serif. <laughs> so I really like that. It's all caps all the time. Like there's no option to make them lowercase. Um, so it's really bold. It stands out, but it's also really clean and classy and elegant. So I have that as my header font. And then uh, for my subheader and my body fonts, I use the same one. I just changed the sizing of it. Uh, and that's Montserrat. It is a sans serif font. So it's very clean. It's very modern. Um, it, it's also a little bit wider set. And sometimes I like actually increase the spacing between the letters to make it even wider. So it's really long and it takes up a lot of space. I really like that look. Um, and I'll just play around with that. Uh, so maybe the the subheader will be all caps, like it's it's Montserrat, but it's all caps and it's all bold. And then the body is also Montserrat, but it's not all caps and it's not bold. It's just plain Montserrat. So I like to play around with that, but I really appreciate the the cohesion of using the same font for both the sub and uh, the body font. Not to mention the simplicity, right? Because then I'm not like thinking like, oh, I need I need three fonts and I need no. It's like I have one decorative font that I use for all of my headers, and then everything else is is another font, and it just keeps it simple. It keeps it clean. Um, so that's that's what I prefer. So if you're someone who doesn't want to to spend a lot of energy feeling this out and thinking about this, then just choose two and and play around with uh, your subheader versus your body. 
make sure you have um, open access to these fonts also, uh, i.e. the font file. So if you're using a Canva font, then I would recommend going online and seeing if you can actually download or purchase that font somewhere else. That way you have the font file. This is especially important for website design uh, because if you don't have the font file, then you can't utilize your brand fonts on your website. All right, so you wanna make sure that you have access to your font file. Uh, you also wanna make sure that you have um, legal rights to the fonts, uh, especially these custom fonts. I mean, these are creators, right? They're make These are artists, they're making these, right? So it's really easy to go to defont.com, defont, D-A-F-O-N-T. You can download a shit ton of free fonts, but nine times out of 10, those do not come with the rights to actually utilize them for, for commercial purposes. Those are meant only and exclusively for personal use. And if you want to use them for commercial purposes, i.e. for your brand, then you have to pay for them. Now, most of the time they're, they're pretty cheap. They're like nine bucks or something like that. Um, but, you know, this can be a, a source of contempt uh, if you're not careful, if you come, you know, if you happen to use uh, a font by a particularly, uh, you know, passionate creator, then this could potentially be a problem. So it's just something that I suggest. Um, and then be consistent. Just like with everything else, your consistency is going to establish your trust among your audience, including your visual elements. Right. So if you're constantly using a million different fonts, if you're constantly using a million different colors, if you're constantly using a million different icons and logos, unless that is intentionally part of your brand and you have branded yourself as this eccentric, wild, crazy, kooky person, then it's going to be confusing. Right. Unless the chaos and you know, the constant changing. And all, unless that is a built in and understood aspect of the brand, it is going to cause confusion within your audience. It's also probably going to cause some internal confusion with you. It's definitely a reflection of some internal confusion. So my recommendation is to choose your icon, choose your colors, choose your fonts for now. If they change six months from now, cool, but choose some things now so you can begin to create consistency. And then if you feel called to shift and alter, then, you know, do that moving forward at a later date. Okay. So that is what I have for you in terms of your vibe check. I feel like that's a lot of information, but it's also a lot of very simple information. And it's literally like a plug and play uh, with your template. So go and have fun and do all the things there. And now we're going to shift briefly and discuss your alter ego. All right. And you'll notice, like I already mentioned, it's not spelled alter with an E, it's spelled alter with an A, right? Alter with an E meaning uh, to change, right? Alter, A-L-T-E-R means to change, right? Literally to change, to, to, to change the form of something, to alter its form. And that's not what I want to do here. I don't want to change who you are. So I chose alter, A-L-T-A-R which is a platform that elevates something of importance. And that's exactly what we're doing here. I want to elevate you. Your alter ego is you elevating the best parts of yourself. It is synonymous with higher self embodiment. Branding is such a powerful tool for practicing being your highest self, for showing up as your highest self. Like it is the ultimate tool for both self-expression and embodiment. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. Right. So let me know uh, in the comments or, or wherever. Have you ever been like presented by a mentor or maybe you've taken, you know, a, a, a training or something like that? And you've been presented with the questions of 
Who is the highest version of you? How does she speak? How does she walk? How does she dress? How does she act? How does she show up? Let me know. Have you ever heard these questions? Have you ever been presented with these questions? Just understand that it wasn't for shits and giggles. I mean, maybe the, the person who presented them to you wasn't fully aware of, you know, the, the depth of these questions, of the potential of these questions. But truly, this is, you know, and it's to help you become intimately, at least when I prompt people with these questions, it's to help you get intimately aware of that higher self version of you so that you can begin moving and living as her. So it's not just like busy work for you to jot down some shit. It's like really getting you immersed in, okay, who the fuck am I becoming? Right? Because that version of you, that highest self version of you, she is not limited by finances. She is not limited by circumstances. She is not limited by her own internal limitations and beliefs. She's not limited by any of that shit. She is living to her fullest and highest potential. So when we take the time to slow down and really, really connect and assess and understand who this person is, right? And I have an activity for you in your workbook. Uh, it is my find your wild uh, process, essentially. It's going to walk you through the three-step process for finding your wild, your wild alter ego. All right. And it's going to start out with a meditation. Um, I find your wild meditation. The link to that is in your workbook. So make sure you download your workbook. Go. You can't find the meditation anywhere because it's hidden on my YouTube channel. <laughs> so you have to download the workbook and you have to click on the link in order to access the meditation. So you're going to walk through this meditation, this higher self meditation. And it's going to just drop you in instantly into the essence, the energy, the embodiment of this higher version of yourself. Um, and it's going to prompt you and guide you into noticing certain things, specifically her energy, her body language, and her style, right? And, and this is how we begin to move and walk as this alter ego, as this elevated highest version of who we are right? The only way ultimately to become that version of you is to start moving like her now. And this is not the same as the fake it till you make it concept. You're not faking anything. You're actually being the most radically authentic version of you that you've ever been. You're leaning into this new self-concept until it becomes your new natural, right? So the energy of your alter ego is ultimately what carries your brand. You can have the most beautiful vibe check, right? Your, your vibe check can pass, right? You can have this cool ass, kick-ass icon, sub-icon, the vibiest color palette, the dreamiest typography, all of the things. But if your energy isn't in it, then it will not work, right? And I want to provide an example of this for you. I used to put a lot of energy and thought into how I was dressing. And before I say that, let me say, I believe that there are different seasons in your business and in your brand and in that growth and expansion process. And each different season is going to demand a different input of you, both physically, emotionally, energetically, all of these things, right? So it requires self-awareness to know like where at in your progression uh, of brand building are you? Right. So self-awareness is key here. If what I'm saying doesn't resonate, if you're not there yet please know I'm not speaking to you. This message isn't for you, all right? But if it resonates and you're like, oh, that fucking makes sense, then understand that this message is for you, okay? There's, <laughs> there seems to be this, this collective assumption that all messages should be for everyone. And my messages are not always for everyone. 
even not, not even everyone that, you know, identifies as quote unquote, my people. Right. So, uh, I'm just a big proponent of conscious creation and consumption. And this is a moment that I invite you into conscious consumption. So earlier in my experience as an entrepreneur and a brand builder, I put a lot of thought and emphasis into the clothes that I wore. And uh, you'll notice when you go through the Find Your Wild uh, process, it's also going to ask you to assess the, the clothes. And I think that this is a really important place to begin because while these external aspects of a brand aren't the entire brand, they can definitely uh, do something to support brand confidence, right? They And they definitely contribute to the overall experience of the brand. But... I I found myself, and even this morning, I, I chose to wear this outfit very specifically. This is a very like typical low outfit, okay? I've got this tied up little crop top. I've got on some super short compression shorts, this raggedy ass old uh, flannel, and then my necklaces that I wear every single day. And, you know, I when I, when I chose my outfit for today, I was like, oh, I'm going to record today. I should probably dress a little better, right? I should, I should wear something that's more on brand. And, you know, I stopped and I was like, fuck that, dude. Like, I am the fucking brand. Therefore, everything is on brand. And I choose at this point in my business and at this point in my brand, I choose to operate within the context of a world, within a belief system that says people don't listen to me because of how I look when I speak. People don't even listen to me necessarily because of what I say. People listen to me because of how I fucking say it, because of the energy that I infuse in what I'm saying. The energy that you bring into your business, into your brand, into your life is the only thing that people cannot replicate. Anyone can wear what I wear. Anyone can say what I say. No one can bring the energy that I bring. And the same is true for you. Anyone can wear what you wear. Anyone can say what you say. No one can duplicate or replicate the energy that you bring. And that's why this piece and really, really tapping into the alter ego is so powerful, right? Tapping into the highest, the wildest version of you and leading with her, bringing her to the forefront. Not, and this isn't something I want to clarify here. This is not like just a hat that you put on every time you hop online. Like every time you press on that social media, the Instagram, you know, app on your phone and you go to post or you go to get in your store. This is not something that you're only like putting on. This is not a facade that you wear for the sake of social media. For me, my alter ego is who I am all the time at this point, right? This higher self, I'm not like perfect at it by any means. Obviously, I'm not there yet. So I'm not there yet, right? And, um, but it, it, she informs every single choice that I make, that I make. The food that I eat, the water that I drink, the the television that I watch, the podcasts that I listen to, the people that I, you know, collaborate with, the people that I associate with, the things that I do on my off time, on my downtime, on my evenings, on my weekends, like everything. So I want to be as clear as humanly possible. If you are only showing up as this highest version of you in the one to two hours a day that you're working and then you're showing up as this wildly different version of yourself the rest of the time. Do you understand how hard it's going to be and how long it's going to take for you to manifest a reality where you are that version all the time? Like, do you understand that? If you're only showing up as this highest version of you, if you're only making decisions from that place, one to two hours a day, and the other 22 hours 
you're just fucking off and you're doing whatever and you're showing up as this other version of yourself. Like, I'm sorry, 22 has a lot more weight than two. And the universe is going to respond to more of this 22 hours, whoever you're being, the frequency, the vibration that you're putting out for 22 hours out of the day, obviously subtracting sleep time. But like, that's the frequency that the universe is going to pick up on. It might sense, you know, the frequency, the vibration that you're putting out for those other two hours. But 22 hours weighs more than two hours at the end of the day. Right? So again, this is not just a hat that you put on. This is not just, this isn't performative. This is you honestly becoming so hyper aware of how that higher version of yourself is, who she is, how she is. And every chance you get, guys, this is literally a moment to moment practice. This will drop you into a greater sense of presence than you have ever experienced in your life. At least it it has for me, because every time I go to make a decision, I have to ask myself, is this in contribution to the vision? And I was watching a TV show last night and someone on there said, you know, if, if it's a 99% yes, then it's a 100% no. It is a 99% yes, then it is a 100% no. So, and I'm not saying you have to be perfect at this, but the vast majority of your decisions, 80, 90% of your decisions should be a 100% yes in the pursuit of your highest self, that vision that you're in pursuit of, period, period. And we can do this through this alter ego work. We can do this through this higher self embodiment work. We can do this through learning how to consistently show up as that higher version that we're in pursuit of right now, right? I just recently hosted a workshop It was a five-day workshop called Consistent AF. And one of the things that I shared with people is I really challenged their presumptions about consistency and how consistent they are. And, you know, the truth is all of us are really, really consistent. And we're also really, really great at manifesting. You are fantastic at being consistent with the actions, thoughts, beliefs, behaviors that are keeping you right here, right now. Like you are masterfully consistent at doing the shit that's keeping you right here, right now. You are masterfully, uh, or you're a master manifester at your current reality, right? So if you desire a different reality, you have to become masterful and more consistent at the actions, thoughts, and behaviors that will ultimately co-create that reality. Does that make sense? And what I have found is this alter ego is so, so helpful in doing this right? Consistently showing up as that higher self, consistently asking myself, what would she do in this situation? What choice would she make? Would she be sitting here obsessing over how many likes or over how many likes she did or did not get on a post? Would she be sitting here obsessively and compulsively refreshing her feed to see if there's more engagement? Like, would she be doing these things? Absolutely not. She would post and trust that that message was received by exactly who was meant to receive it. And then she would go about her fucking day. She would complete her three to five critical tasks and then unplug and go live her fucking life, trusting and knowing that she has put forth the effort today and those efforts will ultimately compound to create the the life that she desires to live. And it's consistently showing up in alignment with that version of yourself that ultimately makes you her. So there's no faking it until you make it. You are her, you are being her. 
the trick is being her consistently and intentionally until it becomes compulsory, until it becomes your new natural state. You do the hard thing until it becomes the easy thing. And then you find a new hard thing to start doing. Consistently showing up as this version of yourself over and over and over again. And the find your wild process is really going to help. So again, definitely make sure you download that workbook uh, because it's going to walk you through for time's sake. I'm not going to walk through it because it's very explicit in the workbook. It's going to be really, really simple uh, for you to walk yourself through it. Just start with the meditation. And then it's going to ask you to outline the three key pieces of your wild alter ego, which is her energy, her body language, and her style. And there are prompts to walk you through each of those. And then there's a, a bonus activity that's really freaking fun. <laughs> so that's what I have for you today. Your vibe check and your alter ego. Uh, consistency is the name of the game. So once you identify your vibe check, how you want to make people feel and the visual elements that you're going to utilize to do that. And then you identify your alter ego, that highest version of yourself, and you begin moving and practicing life as her. Consistency is the name of the game, doing it over and over and over and over and over again. And this is the unsexy part of brand building, business building, legacy living that, you know, people aren't selling you because it's unsexy, right? Uh, but it's a lot of just mundane minutia, like just do it over and over and over and over and over again. And I spoke about this in my Instagram stories this morning. Not only are you doing the things over and over and over and over and over again, but a lot of times you're doing them without there necessarily being evidence that they're quote unquote working. And the trick is uh, to deploy emotional intelligence, to root yourself in faith and trust and knowing that it is working, right? It, it's it's the, the metaphor of you can't dig up a seed. Like once you plant a seed, you have to leave it and you have to trust that it's doing exactly what it's meant to do in that soil beneath the surface where you can't see it. You keep showing up, you keep watering it, you keep making sure it's getting adequate sunlight. And eventually one day it sprouts, right? And I'll leave you with this, the analogy of the bamboo plant. The bamboo plant requires uh, this level of nurturance, like constantly watering, constantly feeding, constant sunshine for five years, five years before it even begins to sprout. Five years of nurturing something with no evidence that it's going to sprout. Five years of faithfully showing up in devotion to the vision. Five fucking years. Some of you won't give it a week. Some of you won't give it six months five years. But then you know what happens? Once it does sprout, it grows something like, I don't, I, I, I wasn't planning on sharing this anecdote. Uh, so I don't have the exact uh, numbers right offhand, but it grows something like 80 meters in like a week. It's, it's insane. The amount of growth, the rapid growth and expansion that this plant experiences you know, just in such a quick and short amount of time. And this is how momentum works. This is how brand building works. You show up and you nurture and you nurture and you nurture and you trust and you trust and you trust and you embody and you embody and you embody, embody all in pursuit of the vision. Even without evidence that it's working, even without being validated by anyone else, even without any of these things, you trust that the seed that you planted will sprout. And then eventually, this is why, you know, overnight successes look like overnight successes. What you're not seeing is the five to 10 years that those people put in beforehand. You're not seeing the five years of, of, of intentional nurturance that they, you know, poured into this brand, into this thing. Now you're just seeing that like rapid growth. 
that momentum, that growth spurt, right? Shit just starts popping off. So once you identify these elements, your vibe check and your alter ego, your job is to consistently show up over and over and over and over and over again. Do not get drawn into the shiny object, instant gratification bullshit. No, this is why we started with rooting ourselves into our authentic truth. As long as you are staying consistent and aligned and attuned to your authentic truth, shiny objects should not be a fucking problem. Okay. So when you feel yourself being drawn away, like, oh, is this working? Is this not working? Root, come back to the authentic truth. Root back into the authentic truth. Remind yourself, my job is to nurture. My job is to have faith. My job is to keep showing up. My job is to trust. And as long as you do that, I'm telling you, I've, I've lived it. <laughs> Go and listen to the very first episode of this, where I share the story about how I both grew and destroyed a six-figure business in a year. I grew it by doing these things that I'm telling you right now. I destroyed it when I stopped. Keep showing up. I love you. Don't forget to share. <laughs> share, share, share. Enter the giveaway and uh, drop any questions, comments, anything you have. Don't forget to download your workbook, all of the things. And I'll see you next time for module three. Bye.